Hope. Hope is a dangerous thing. And hope, hope can be painful. The other day, as I sat at my desk in the bedroom, unexpected tears started streaming down my face. They caught me off guard, but they were so true of what had been going on in my heart, in my mind, in my body, my spirit. I was preparing myself for this Advent season, working on the message series for United, the, the church that you all have helped fund here in the city in Queen Anne. Thank you. Thank you for your tremendous generosity. I was, I was listening through a catalog of Christmas music when the song Here Comes Heaven started playing. It's, it's easily one of my favorite Christmas songs, but, but this time upon hearing it, the first few lines really, really grabbed me, unlike ever before. And the tears, they started flowing. I, I couldn't stop them. Children weep no more. Hope is on the horizon. Weary world, behold your promised Messiah. Angels, let your song begin. Here comes heaven. Here comes heaven. Does that not sum up the hope that each of us hold on to? That unfulfilled expectation and that space of tension we inhabit. It's a painful cry that comes from the depths of our heart, a, a hopeful longing as we anticipate the coming Messiah. And I wonder if this feeling, this cry of hope, this painful hope that resides in each of us, the, this desire for the world to be made whole, that the full-on fulfillment of Jesus' promises would be made known to us in our time and day. I wonder if this isn't exactly what the people of Israel felt. As a, as a kid, I often zoned out in church. Something about a hyperactive child sitting still to listen to a guy talk at me for 30 minutes. Maybe that's why I'm a pastor. I don't actually have to sit still anymore. I get to have people listen to me instead. I always loved to peruse the Bible, not the words themselves. I was more interested in its design and its features. I'd play with the maps in the back, following along Paul's missionary journeys, creating my own little stories as my finger traced the dotted lines. But there, there was always one page that I found odd. It was the blank page. Now, newer Bibles have repurposed it a bit. Back in the day, and I'm sure some of you certainly remember this, there was one whole page that was completely blank. One page separating the Old and the New Testaments. Today, only one side of that page is blank, and the other says New Testament. I, I always found that one page really, really odd. Why was it even there? It wasn't until many years later that I discovered what that blank page actually represented. Silence. It represented 400 years of silence from God. That's the amount of time that passed between the last words of the Old Testament and the first words of the New Testament. 400 years. 
Can you even imagine that? 400 years of waiting in silence for the promised Messiah. Can you imagine the generations of prayers that were offered up, cries that came from the depths of their hearts as they anticipated this coming Messiah through cries of painful hope buried deep within as they tucked their children into bed at night. I can almost picture them singing this song to them. Children, weep no more. Hope is on the horizon. A deep longing for rescue from their oppression, for salvation, for the world to be made whole in their time and day, and for their children to be able to look over the horizon and tell their children, here comes heaven. Do you long for that day? Because this is Advent. This is why we celebrate this season. We, we sit in the anticipation of what is possible. That hope, the hope of Jesus sits right there just over the horizon, poised to emerge and bring rescue, salvation, wholeness. Here comes heaven. I think this might just be why Colossians chapter 1 is my favorite passage of scripture. It begins, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Do you hear it? Do you hear the song of hope? Here comes heaven. This beautiful hymn speaks of our hope, our longings, our desires, that, that wholeness is possible, reconciliation is possible, peace and justice and love, true love, real love is possible if we center Jesus in our midst. And there, in the middle of it all, we see this Jesus holding all things together. In the moment when it feels like life is falling apart, when relationships are tattered beyond repair. In the moments when we feel so separated from our family and the loneliness of the holidays, especially in these restricted holidays, where we stand apart from family for their protection. Here comes heaven. We see Jesus in the middle of it all, holding everything together, pulling everything back together. You see, this is Jesus. Jesus didn't just die for your sins. Jesus didn't just die for you to have a right relationship with God. Jesus died and rose again that all may be made whole, that you could be made whole, that your relationships could be made whole, that, that this world could be made whole. If Jesus didn't die for true wholeness, then 
what did he die for? You see, Jesus defeated death. He defeated death in all of its forms. Death of relationship, death of creation, death of our own identity. He defeated that. And he brought about restoration so that we all may have life and have it to the full. Here comes heaven. You see, I, I, I don't follow a Jesus that only cares about my soul. I follow a Jesus that cares about my relationships, that cares about how I understand and view myself, that cares about how I interact with the world around me. And that's what makes Jesus God. He redeemed it all, not just a sliver of life, but, but all of life. Here comes heaven. Do you see the hope in the coming of the King? Do you see the hope in the advent of his birth? Do you feel the longing that is there for all of this to be made whole again? You see, th there's a reason that Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is in the restoration business. He doesn't hold back, and, and there he is, hope. Hope is on the horizon. We, you and I, we're a people of hope. We're a people who believe so desperately and deeply that heaven has come near, that the kingdom of God is at hand, that, that Jesus stands at the doorstep and invites each and every one of us to participate in the ultimate renewal of creation, that together, you and me, we get to play a part in bringing hope to the hopeless, joy to the downtrodden, peace to the distressed, love to the loveless. Here comes heaven. And you and I, the church, with the Spirit of God and the Lord of all creation leading us forward, restoration has come. Hope has come. Love has come. Here comes heaven heaven. In this season of Advent, let your hope be renewed, that, that Jesus is leading the charge, that, that heaven is right there just beyond the horizon. And he's inviting us, you and me, to join him, to be a part of bringing that hope of revealing the beauty of the kingdom to an agonized world on earth as it is in heaven. And let this be our song, children weep no more. Hope is on the horizon. Weary world, behold your promised Messiah. Here comes heaven. And I know, I know that it can be hard to be hope in this season, to believe these ancient words as, as truth dies around us and conspiratorial dirges collectively march us toward an uncertain future. As injustice runs rampant and peace withers on the vine, but that's why it's so important for us, the children of God, to reveal themselves and point to the King, to demonstrate and proclaim the supremacy of Christ, the one who stands in the middle of it all, holding everything together, who calls on us to join him and demonstrate wholeness to a weary world. Here comes heaven. It's only true if we, the church, join in the parade. It's only true if we show the world what is to come, if we show the love and beauty, the grace and the peace, the mercy and the hope of Christ. 
who reigns supreme. We live in a strange tension of the already coming of the kingdom, but the not yet of its fullness. But in the midst of this tension, we can be hope in our hopefulness. I, I thought it would be fitting to conclude with these words from Dr. King, the consummate preacher of hope, the great American embodiment of a painful hope. As he stood before the church in the wake of more hatred unleashed upon black bodies, he said to them, Now I say to you in conclusion, life is hard. At times as hard as crucible steel, it has its bleak and difficult moments. Like the ever-flowing waters of the river, life has its moments of drought, its moments of flood. Like the ever-changing cycle of the seasons, life has the soothing warm of the summers and the piercing chill of its winters. And if one will hold on, they will discover that God walks with him and that God is able to lift you from the fatigue of despair to the buoyancy of hope and transform dark and desolate valleys into sunlit paths of inner peace. And so today, you do not walk alone. You'll never walk alone. Spirit of God, we call upon you in this place. Come, make yourself known to us, your children. Spirit of God, we ask now and always that you would center us here and now on your presence and on your son, Jesus. That as we engage these words, that you would guide us into the center of your heart today. Amen, amen, and amen. Grace and peace to you.